If you've ever known someone to have a stroke or had a stroke yourself, then you know that the experience is no tiny thing. But it is often caused by a tiny thing, a small clot in the blood that prevents oxygen from reaching the brain. This can cause severe brain damage and even death, but it can also, under very particular circumstances, lead to the rise of China as a global superpower. Hi, you're listening to Little Tiny, a podcast about the small things that have changed the world. Wu Zhao was 13 years old when she was plucked from her concubine training to become companion to the Emperor of China, who was then reaching the end of his life. This was in 650 CE, and life was pretty good in China if you happen to be extremely wealthy and also a man, so I guess just like almost every other time in history. Being a concubine then was considered one of the most powerful positions a woman could hold, particularly if you were selected for the court. Wu had the ear of the emperor, and eventually she caught the eye of his son, Li Ji, soon to be Emperor Gao Zong. After the emperor's death, Wu may or may not have kind of murdered her own daughter, blamed it on another concubine vying for the affections of the new emperor in order to gain a proposal. I guess a girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do. And it worked. She and the Emperor Gaozong married, much to the chagrin of all those other concubines who had already borne his children, and Wu became Wu Zexian, Empress Consort of China. Their marriage was complicated. Empress Wu was by accounts highly intelligent and a powerful presence in the courts. Her husband was not very involved. There are numerous conflicting accounts of the events that took place during the marriage between Wu and Gao Zong. Let's just say that the histories were written by her successors, men who went to a great deal of trouble erasing her achievements from history, men who described her as vindictive, cruel, murderous, and witch-like, men who desecrated her burial ground, men who were of an opposing religion, and held more, shall we say, conservative political philosophies. But the evidence of her time in the courts tells us, unsurprisingly, a slightly different story. Ten years into Emperor Gaozong's reign, a tiny clot cut off oxygen to his brain and he suffered a stroke, rendering him permanently ill, but still alive. At this point, Wu's political influence had already grown so much that she and her husband were described as the two holy ones conferring often on political matters. When her husband fell ill, she took on a position of de facto leader, attending court in his stead. This pissed pretty much every everyone off as all the political leaders in that time were men. I'm not going to detail all the shit Wu Zexian had to, as a woman, go through in order to gain the respect and authority she needed to simply do her job, but let's just say there were a great deal of poisonings, a few sword fights, and a couple of overprivileged dickheads who were sent on their merry way into exile. The phrase, takes no prisoners, springs to mind, and the courts were soon slightly more open-minded and a little more diverse. To his credit, Emperor Gaozong 
seemed in full support of his wife's rule, dutifully standing by her and in 675 telling his advisers that she should be officially named ruler, not he. Of course, they said no. It wasn't until 683 when he passed away that Wu simply took the crown for herself. Like a total badass, becoming the first and only woman emperor of China. History books up until about the 1970s were fairly unanimous in their condemnation of Emperor Wu's rule. I mean, she did kill a lot of men. A lot including a couple of her own sons. But more recently, historians have come to suspect that most of what was written about her was either highly embellished or total bullshit. You see, during Emperor Wu's reign, a lot of major developments occurred in China, and very few of them were... Bad. She was, for example, responsible for opening up the Silk Road to trade again after it had been hijacked by bandits for decades. She did this by building outposts manned with soldiers along the stretch, which protected tradesmen coming through. This then led to a massive economic boom in China, allowing the country to enjoy one of its most prosperous periods ever. This also enabled diplomatic travels between different regions, allowing China to connect easily with trade deals in the West. And when diplomats visited, they came to the steps of the largest palace in the world, 22 times the size of the Acropolis, built under Emperor Wu's instruction, a place that became an international hub and a marvel talked of throughout the world. She even instituted measures to combat starvation and poverty, including the construction of hundreds of rice granaries in the cities and in rural towns. She allowed for the first time commoners into the courts. She encouraged entrepreneurship in women and for the first time ever allowed women to divorce their husbands. Thank God. She even appointed a female prime minister. She ruled over one of China's most peaceful periods in history, and by her abdication in 690, she had formed strong political bonds between China and countries stretching from Korea to the Mediterranean. Not only was she the first woman to lead China, she was also, by history standards, one of the greatest rulers they ever had. This isn't to say she was perfect. She certainly made some mistakes, which she then confessed on a golden tablet taken later as evidence of her so-called crimes, well, actual crimes. But her rule changed the position of China in the world, transforming it from a country into a cosmopolitan global superpower. The tiny blood clot in Emperor Gaozong's brain might have aided in her ascension, but it was Emperor Wu Zexian's own political and diplomatic prowess that pushed China and eventually the world into a new global marketplace. A legacy we are still benefiting from today. Little Tiny is written and produced by me, Kara Schlegel. If you have any story tips, please send them to littletinypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening.